We are carrying the same glory that Jesus is having in heaven right now. We are carrying the same glory, the same beauty, the same honor that Jesus is having in heaven right now. John chapter 1 from verse number 14 the scripture said of this man Jesus and I actually like us to look at it in the message translation I love the way message put it he said the word became flesh King James says and the word was made flesh I think it's actually better looking at it as the word logos became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood <laughs> he said he moved into the neighborhood and we saw the glory with our own eyes the one of a kind glory he said the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood we saw the glory with our own eyes the one of a kind glory we saw his glory with our own eyes, the one of a kind glory. It's quite interesting. You know, when I was reading this particular verse in this message translation, the thought that came to my mind was, wow, how this translation talks about Jesus becoming flesh and blood. In other words, he became human. Logos, God became human like ordinary he became a human being flesh and blood and he moved i love the way he said it. he moved into the neighborhood you know i was just i was just thinking about it like imagine imagine um a multi-millionaire possibly a billionaire and then he looked at a a suburb or you know a little country where everyone there is poor i mean a very poor locality and they they, they can't even make ends meet they, they they you know they're just struggling to survive and he decides to be of help to them and then he looked at these folks wow how could i possibly help them out i think i'd better feel what they feel you know be part of what they are part of and so that I can understand exactly how they feel and know how to help them out. And then this big millionaire, this multi-millionaire or billionaire, he decides, what do I do? Okay, he lives in a, you know, um, multi, the millionaire's quarter in another suburb some distance away. And then he decides, no, I'm going to be part of them. I want to feel what they feel. And he decides to move into their neighborhood leave his plush apartment, his multi-millionaire building, and then pack his clothes into a briefcase. And then he moved into one of the little houses into the suburb. He moved into the neighborhood. That was a kind of description of what Jesus did as described by Apostle John in John chapter 4, chapter 1, verse 14. He says, the word became flesh 
and blood and moved into the neighborhood. We saw the glory with our own eyes. Now, even though he became man, he became human being, they had the opportunity to see his glory. They could see there was something about this guy that was beyond the ordinary. They saw his glory, the one of a kind glory. King James says the glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Wow. Wow. Now, the word that was translated glory in that verse in the original Greek is doza. Now, last week, I, 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 I did say that a few words in this discussion, I'm going to uh, take them back to the original Greek rendering so that we could understand it better. The word that was translated glory here is dosa. Now, dosa, interestingly, when translated in English, could mean several things other than just one. It could mean beauty. It could mean honor. It could mean, you know, splendor, magnificence. It could mean quite a lot of things when translated. It could also mean standards. It could mean quite a lot of things when translated. But when we look at the Bible, anywhere glory appears, the context in which it appears would help us to understand what is being talked about. Now, most often, when you trace the word glory in the Bible, it's either an intrinsic glory or an extrinsic glory. Now, what do I mean intrinsic or extrinsic? Now, intrinsic would mean the kind of glory or beauty that is inside, a quality that is carried by the person from the inside, not necessarily from the outside. From the outside will be extrinsic. I'm going to give you an, an illustration that could help you to understand what will be the difference between an internal beauty and an external beauty, an internal glory and an external glory. Now, I'll give you just an illustration. Imagine two guys, young men, graduating from the university. One graduated with distinctions, high distinctions, what you might call first-class honors or whatever it's called in wherever university you're familiar with. But high distinctions, the best graduating student from the university. And then here he comes out with all the honors, all the respect. Everybody's talking about him. And you see him walking along the campus or walking on the, on the platform. Wow, everybody gives him an applaud. When he's coming back, everybody's looking at him with smiles and adoration. Those who know him just want to catch a glimpse of him and let him see that, I mean, they're giving him a wave. You know, what a beauty that is. What honor, what glory it is. That is a kind of glory. Now, I will give you another kind of glory. There's another guy that graduating with him. Now, this second guy that's graduating with him came out with just a pass. He graduated all the same, but just with a pass. And apparently, that didn't have an honor. But as he's walking out of the graduation hall, his father walked up to him. His father has been saving some money all this while along with paying his school fees. His father walked up to him and said, my boy, here's your Mercedes-Benz key. Brand new Mercedes-Benz car. He's giving him a Mercedes-Benz car. And then he gives him another bunch of keys. I've also built you a house. This is your house keys. Wow. Everybody around him is friendly. Wow. This is beautiful. 
This is beautiful. And then he automatically becomes respected. Wow. That is another kind of glory. Another kind of glory. But interestingly, the house that was built for him was on borrowed money. And sooner, the dad couldn't pay back the money. And the bank came to take the house. And not too far from then, the young man was driving his car. And he has failed to pay the insurance for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. And then the car ran into a truck. And it went beyond repair. The house is gone. The car is gone. Where is his glory? It's all gone. Now, that is an extrinsic glory, an external glory that could vanish any time. But the internal glory, like the guy who had first class or high honors, he has his glory on him for all his life. He had that great honor. It doesn't matter when he gets old. You still say that guy left the university with first class or with high honors. He, 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 he keeps it all the days of his life. That is an intrinsic honor. It's an intrinsic glory. So the glory that is being talked about here, when he says we saw the glory with our own eyes, I like the way Apostle John is describing it. He said we saw his glory. We saw the glory with our own eyes. This one of a kind glory, his glory was a unique one. It was not just an intrinsic glory, but it was a peculiar glory. We saw that glory, it became manifest, it became physical for us to see. You wouldn't naturally see something that is an honor. You wouldn't naturally see something that is, I mean, you say they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, not in the in the in what is behold beheld, but in the eye of the beholder. But now they say we saw physically the glory that this guy carried. It was tangible. That was remarkable. We saw the glory with our own eyes. Now, what Apostle John was referring to was a, a, an account of an event that he actually was with Jesus on a mountain. He was there with two other apostles, Apostle Peter and Apostle James. Apostle Peter didn't write the story of Jesus' ministry on earth, which we call the Gospels. But John did. And it was in John's writing that he mentioned this issue to us that they saw the glory of Jesus with their own eyes. They saw it with their own eyes. Apostle John was there on that mountain. Apostle Peter was also there on the same mountain. They saw the glory that Jesus was carrying with their own eyes. In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17, Apostle Peter wrote it in his letter to one of the churches. He wrote it in his letter about the same experience that Apostle John was referring to. He said, for he received glory, he received from the Father, from God the Father, honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Apostle Peter was referring to the same experience. This experience was recorded for us in Luke chapter 9, beginning from verse 28. They were with Jesus on the mountain. It, was, it, it happened on the certain day that Jesus took some of his disciples. I mean, of course, the 12 disciples went with him. And then at a certain point, he picked three of them. He says, you guys come up with me. Let's go up higher on the mountain. And that was Peter, James, and John. When they got on this mountain, the Bible says that as he prayed, Jesus was praying. Of course, they were with him and Jesus was praying. As he prayed, the faction of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. They automatically observed that he was transfigured. That's the word that Matthew used when Matthew wrote about it. Matthew said in, in chapter 17, he said he's, he was transfigured. Now, the word transfigure is easy to understand. Transfigure. His figure was transformed, changed from one side to the other. The glory that was on the inside was turned out to the outside so that you could see what was behind. That was what the word means to be transfigured. Now, they said as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered. This is the description that Luke gave. Now, Luke was not physically there, but he listened to John and he listened to Peter talked about it. He listened to James talk about it. And then he could describe it after hearing the three of them talk about it. He could describe exactly what they saw. He said, as, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was white and glistering. The, count, the fashion of his countenance, in other words, his skin was altered. They saw that there was a flipping from the inside to the outside. His fash, the fashion of his countenance was altered and his raiment was glittering. In other words, the skin was so aglow that his clothes, the clothes he was putting on, began to reflect light from the inside. They could see the glittering from the inside. They say his raiment, raiment was white and glistering. In verse 30 of Luke chapter 9, he goes on to say, And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. Verse 31, it will interest you what it says in verse 31. And behold, there, again from verse 30, And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elias. That's Moses and Elijah. Verse 31, Who appeared in glory. You need to take note of that. A lot of times people knew that Jesus I mean, was transfigured in glory. But they, they usually don't, didn't take note of what it says in verse 31, that Moses and Elias also appeared in glory. And they spake of the disease which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. They were talking with Jesus about the kind of death that Jesus was going to die in Jerusalem. They appeared, Moses and Elijah appeared with Jesus also in their glory. That was three men who appeared in their glory and began to talk, discussing, having a discussion about the kind of crucifixion, the kind of death that Jesus was going to accomplish in Jerusalem. 
This was interesting. Really interesting. I found it intriguing. Now, I want to draw your attention to something. It was not the first time that Moses put on that glory. In Genesis chapter 34, we saw how Moses experienced the same thing. The Bible talked about how Moses went on the mountain to talk with God. In other words, he went, I mean, talking with God is prayer. And he was also praying just like Jesus on this mountain was praying as well. And he got transfigured. Moses had the same experience. He was on the mountain talking with God and he got transfigured. From verse 29, Exodus 34, 29. And it came to pass when Moses came down from the Mount Sinai with two tables of testimony in Moses' hand. When he came down from the mount, that Moses wished not that the skin of his face shone while he talked with him. I'll tell you what he's talking about. Moses had gone on the mountain and he had been on this mountain for quite a while, 40 days. Now he has been talking with God, talking with God, and then God gave him the, tab the tablets, the stones on which was written the, what you call the Ten Commandments. And then when Moses came down from the mountain, he was not aware that something had happened to him. While he was praying and talking with God. He was not aware something had happened to him. He just came down. Like normal. Or as usual. With the tablets. The tables of testimony. In his hands. In verse 30. And when Aaron and all the children of Israel saw Moses. Behold. The skin of his face shone. And they were afraid to come nigh him. When they saw Moses, they were afraid. They fled from Moses because his face was shining in an unusual way. What is this? They could not stand it. They fled from Moses' face. They fled from Moses because they could not see, they could not look into his face. Because his skin, the skin of his face shone. And they were afraid. That was what the Bible said. They were afraid to come nigh him. What is this, Moses? What is this? They, Moses said, ah, it's me, Moses. They said, no, it's something about you now. Mo, mo, but it's me. I'm Moses. No, but I couldn't stand it. Why? Because his face shone with glory. There was glory that was emanating from the inside and through his skin, something was shining. They couldn't withstand it. If you read on, the Bible describes the world how Moses realized what the issue is. Then he has to pick a veil and a thick cloth possibly and cover his face whenever he was talking to them. And when he finished talking with them, he goes back on the mountain. He takes the veil off because he didn't need the veil to talk to God. He goes back on the mountain and he begins to pray again. When he comes back, his face is shining again because he has just finished up there. He comes back again, his face is shining again and he pulls back the veil. Friend, did you take notice of something? This thing happened for Moses when he was on the mountain talking with God. Again, it happened with Jesus when he was on the mountain talking with God. I want you to understand that we are talking about an intrinsic 
glory, not an external glory. This glory was not put on Jesus. It was a glory that was on the inside that was translated to the outside. That's why King James used the word trans. It was a transfiguration. This glory came out to the outside for these guys to see. They said, we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. My dear brother and sister, the interesting thing is that Jesus did something with that glory. In John chapter 17, verse 22. This was another prayer time that Jesus was praying for the disciples and for all the Christians, everyone that believes on him. In Hebrews, we saw how that Jesus has brought us into sonship along with him unto the Father. And as he brought us into sonship, he gave us the glory of sonship. And in John chapter 17, Jesus was praying to the Father. Now this was about the end part of his ministry on earth. And as he was praying to the Father, he said to the Father, the glory in verse 22, he says, the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them. The glory that you gave me, that glory that these few guys saw, I gave them the opportunity to see. This is this, this, this still being written by Apostle John. He was there, he saw it. And now he heard Jesus praying to the Father that that glory, the glory that you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one, even as we are one. As you, the Father, and I are one, I have given them that glory. The glory that you have, that you gave to me, that connected me and you together and make us one. I have extended that glory to them, that they also will be one with me and also one with you. Wow. He transferred that glory to us. If you are listening to me today and you are a Christian... You possibly may not even know what you are carrying. The same way Moses did, did, did not know what he was carrying. In Exodus chapter 34, he had no idea what he was carrying. The people screamed, Moses, your face, your face. But he had no idea that there was something on the inside that he was carrying. You are carrying glory today, irrespective of how you feel. That glory has been given to you. Jesus said he gave you the glory irrespective of your feeling he gave you the glory he says the glory that you gave me father i have given to them the glory of the only begotten now it will interest you that apostle john described that glory as the in, in chapter one of john as the glory of the only begotten of the father why did it say it that way was that glory jesus was carrying the glory of the only begotten it was because as at that time, Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. He was the only one that was born of the Holy Spirit. Every other person was born of a man. But Jesus was born of the Spirit. He was born by the word of God. 
And that is why he would say, my father referring to the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the begotten of the Holy Spirit. He was not born of man, but of the word of God through the spirit of God. The angel said to Mary, you are going to have a child. He said, but I don't have no husband. He said, no, you don't need a husband for the kind of child you're going to have. This child is a child of God. He will be the reproduct. He will be the, the, like the biological child of God. He said, how shall this be? He said, the spirit of God shall come upon you. In other words, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and get the egg in your womb fertilized. So Jesus was the production of the Holy Spirit. He was produced by the Holy Spirit. He came into being by the action of the Holy Spirit. He was the like biological child of the Holy Spirit. He was the only one born of God. He was the only one born naturally of the Father. So he had that glory that he was carrying. But when Jesus died and resurrected from the dead, he became a new creature, a different kind of being. He became the first born from the dead. He became the firstborn from the dead. And then at that point, God said of him, Today have I begotten you. From that day, he was born again of God the Father. He was born again, the first person to be born from the dead. And after his resurrection, after his being born from the dead, he opened the way for every other human being that has been born on earth or created on earth, which is Adam, to have access to be back from the dead. He, gave, he opened the way from pe for people to be born from the dead. After Jesus, other people became born from the dead. Now, what happened the first the, in the very first time, the Bible shows us that when he was raised from the dead, all those that ever died before him, that died believing God and looking forward to the Christ that should come, they were also raised from the dead. They were raised from the dead. He was the first and those ones were raised up after him as the second. In other words, you want to say the second batch. <laughs> Praise God. They were raised also unto life from the dead. And the Bible shows to us that everyone that will believe on him and is born of him be, he receives the same life that Jesus had when he was raised from the dead. And that is the reason why when we are baptized today, the Bible shows to us that we are baptized into his death. Such that as Jesus was raised from the dead, we are also raised together with him unto new life. The life that you received when you got born again is the same life that Jesus received when he was raised from the dead. And as such, you carry the same kind of glory that Jesus carries today. You are carrying the same kind of glory that Jesus is carrying today. You may not feel it. You may not even have seen it. You may not even be aware before now. But if you are listening to me today, you are a Christian, there is glory in you that is beyond the ordinary. 
That glory is beyond the ordinary. What kind of glory is it? It's the glory that the Father has. He gave it to Jesus and Jesus gave it to you so that you can be the same as the Father is. You come, that glory connects you to divinity. That is how you can share in the divinity that God the Father has and that Jesus the Son has. You have become part of that divinity. There are several times Jesus went alone to pray on the mountain and none of his disciples were there. But this was an occasion. He gave three of them the opportunity to see how glory came upon him from the inside. Moses went to pray in Mount Sinai. When he was coming down from Mount Sinai, the glory of God on the inside began to ooze out on his skin. And he himself didn't know anything was happening. To him, his face was normal. But people who saw it knew that it was something else beyond the ordinary. There's glory in you that you may not be aware of. You say, but nobody has told me that I'm carrying glory. Nobody may know that you are carrying glory. Jesus carried glory and he walked on the face of Jerusalem everywhere around Judea, everywhere. But nobody knew if they knew that he was carrying that glory, they would not have crucified him. They didn't know, they didn't see nothing. But he was carrying glory. Some of his disciples never saw it. Apostle John saw it. Peter saw it. You are carrying something that is beyond the ordinary. Become conscious of it. And if you know the glory that you are carrying on the inside, your life will not be the same again. You are full of joy. You are full of the understanding that you are not ordinary. You know that sickness cannot dwell in the same body that the glory of God dwells in. Pain cannot be in your body because you are carrying the nature of God. I love to round up with this. Apostle John, in one of his letters, when he had become older, wrote this letter and he said in 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, he said, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. He was saying as Jesus is in heaven, so are we today in this world. We are carrying the same glory that Jesus is having in heaven right now. We have it on the inside of us. It may not yet appear now, but there is something we know that when Jesus shows up finally, we will come stand side by side with him and we will realize that as he is, so are we. We are exactly same as Jesus is. We are carrying the same glory, the same beauty, the same honor, the same power, the same glory that Jesus is carrying on the throne of God today, we are carrying it on the inside of us. And if you are hearing me today, you are not yet a Christian. You have the opportunity to become today. The glory of God will fill your life and you will never be the same again. How do you become a Christian? Very easy. You say this prayer after me and the spirit of God takes over your life and you will not be the same again. You want to say that prayer with me today? What do you need to say this prayer? Nothing. Just believe that Jesus died so that the nature that you were born with as a human being will be taken away from you. That nature is the nature of sin. And God will give you another nature which is the nature of righteousness. It's a gift from God. You don't have to work for it. You can have it today. If you believe Jesus died for you, he was raised again from the dead by God. If you believe that, 
and you will accept him today as the Lord of your life. That's all. You can say it now after me. God in heaven, I believe that Jesus died for me. And because he died for me, my sin nature is being removed from me today. And the nature of righteousness, which is your nature of glory, you impart to my life today. I accept Jesus as the Lord of my life. Thank you, O God, in Jesus' name.